my last model and I have held my final breath goodbye sweet world of sorrow my new life begins in death I am can hear the angel's song, and I am reaching over Jordan, so take my hand, Lord, lead me are behind me and I have prayed my final prayer don't you cry over this old body cause that ain't me Take my hand, Lord, lead me on. No, I am standing on the mountain, and I can hear the angel's song, and I
Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, give our next level band a big round of applause. What an awesome God we serve. I mean, believe that this morning. What an awesome God we serve. In our hour of desperation, he is always there. How many, how many have been through some hard times, through some struggles? And the Lord has always been there. Tammy, he's a good God, ain't he? First Kings chapter 17, if you got a Bible, I'd ask you to open it up. Got my Bible. I think Pastor Collier likes that too much, but this ain't his church. I love him, but he wouldn't let me do that in his church, so I'm going to do it in mine. The reason we say got my Bible is because we encourage you to bring your Bible. I want you to know what's being preached here is right out of the Bible. It's not some man's perspective, it's, it's God's perspective. I just want to thank you this morning for being here at Caney Creek Cowboy Church. I just want to thank you for your prayers and your love and your support. It means a lot to me. Coming over here every day, I just get closer to God. Just like you guys coming over here, I get closer to God. We all get closer to God because of this church. Your hard work, your dedication to this church, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it don't go unnoticed. I told someone the other time, quit blaming the church because the church it belongs to the Lord. So when you blame the church for your problems, you're blaming the Lord for your problems. And he is the solver of problems. The Bible says don't blame nothing on him because he never caused you to sin. Come on, somebody. You ought to hear that. That's preaching. That's English. I want you to realize how great a church you're, you're in this morning. How, how you should be uh, just ecstatic that you have a good church family. How you should be excited that if something were to go down with your son or your daughter, you have an amazing church family that's going to be praying for you, supporting you, loving you, behind you. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know where I'd be today without a great church family. It's a beautiful thing to have a church family. How many believe that today? Especially when you're going through a hard time. If you stay in your spot, you get to know this family, you get to grow with this family. If you stay where you're supposed to be, right there where you're supposed to be, and you begin to grow, anytime you go through something, man, it's amazing to have a good church family. When you think about it for a minute, Tabitha, you and I wouldn't have known each other if it wasn't for Jesus. We wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for Jesus in this church. If it wasn't for Jesus in this church, you and I would have never met. We wouldn't know each other. I wouldn't know how fabulous some of you are, how fantastic you are. I wouldn't know that if it wasn't for Jesus in this church. Think about it for a minute. Most of your friends, most of the people that you hang out with are connected to this church somehow. So praise God for this church this morning. Praise God for the work. Praise God that you're in your spot this morning. Hallelujah. So this morning, I'm thankful for Jesus, and I'm thankful for this church. And I want to talk to you about the power of being in your spot. How many ever heard that song, Lean on Me? Lean on me when you're not there, or however it goes. I messed it all up already. I'll be there. I didn't mess it up. I messed it up on purpose. Lean on me, I'll be there. I mean, know the importance of someone that's there for you. Uh, all the time, you need somebody, pick up the phone and call. 
You're going through a hard time. You're thinking about getting back on the bottle. You got somebody you can call. Your kids are getting wayward, way, wayward, and you don't know what to do. You got somebody you can call. The power of having somebody there for you is an amazing power. I was thinking about that. I'll be there. The Lord talks about us being there too for others, being in our spot for others, being ready where he has us, the, the right place where he has us. I know that those are just words in that song, but when those words are backed up, they mean something. When somebody backs up that words with action, last night I decided to go get something to eat by myself, and, and I went and got me something to eat over in Kingwood by myself, and I took the old truck, the 71 that we and Dalton did together, and fixed it all up, and I uh, still got some little issues, but I said, you know what, I'm going to take it tonight by myself, and I get to the restaurant, and I'm looking on my phone, and my phone dies, and I was like, oh, no, uh, so I ain't got no service, and I go out there and start my truck, and it won't start. I'm like, I don't know anybody's number by heart. I don't know what I'm going to do. I was like, oh, man, it's a long walk from Kingwood to Splendor, but maybe God wants this fat boy to walk. I don't know. I started praying, and all of a sudden, this truck come out of nowhere. And I said, Lord, you think that guy would give me a jump? It was one of them pilot trucks with the little things on that follow the wide load things. So I pushed my old 71 truck out there in the middle and blocked him in and said, hey, you give me a jump? <laughs> and, uh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I think it was through my prayer, really. I think it was through my prayer, through talking to God. My phone wasn't working. Couldn't call nobody that I know. But I called on him, and he was right there. It's so, so awesome to have a God that is right there. A Lord that we can serve, that, that hears our prayers, hears our cries, knows every tear. I don't know about you, but I cry sometimes. Big old tough cowboy in the back say, I'll never cry. Yeah, wait till this service is over. But when somebody backs that up with actions, when you get saved, when you get born again, when you become a child of the Almighty God, and then He shows up out of nowhere, you never forget that. When you have an encounter with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and He shows up, how many can say today that they are so glad that He showed up in their life? You're not on meth anymore. You're not on drugs anymore. God has got a hold of you. He's put your marriage back together. He's restored your good name. Come on, somebody. How many is so glad that he showed up? I'm going to tell you, when somebody says they're going to be there, and they are there, that goes a long way with me. And that goes a long way with our Lord and Savior. If you're going to say you're going to do something, then you need to do it. Bible says this, pay attention, Bible says this, let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. So when you tell somebody you're going to do something, you ought to do it. When somebody gives you an opportunity on a job and you shake that person's hand and you sign on, I don't care if you sign on for $50 an hour or $5 an hour, when you sign on and say you're going to work for that man, you need to get out of bed, you need to brush your teeth because that's a good idea when you go to work, when anybody wants to smell your breath. But as soon as you get on the job, Courtney, we got to go to work. The Bible says your work is your ministry. Other people are watching us. Other people are watching it. I'm going to speak to all the lazy people today. All the lazy people. You know who you are. I'm not going to point you out. God is watching us also. So when we sign on to do something, we got to do it. 
we sign on to do it. I'll speak in English. I'll tell you, you're going to have to pick your, pick your feet up. But when I'm in my spot and I'm working, I'm working hard. I learned that before I became a pastor. If I wanted anything out of life, I had to work for it. I tried to steal for it, but it caught up with me. I tried to lie for it, never got the gratitude of the greatness of God until I got saved, born again. I'm going to tell you today, I'm so glad I am who I am today. How many got, 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 got that in their heart today? That you're not the same person. Before you were saved, before you weren't in your spot, when you weren't going to church, when you weren't there when the doors were open, when you weren't learning, when you weren't growing, when you weren't where God's supposed to be, everything was falling apart in your life. But today you're in your spot. Today you're where you're supposed to be. If this is your first time today, you're where you're supposed to. Let me share something with you. You are here this morning by divine appointment. God picked you up where you were at and brought you here today. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 2. I want to talk to you about being in your spot. Touch somebody and say, be in your spot. Touch somebody, touch somebody. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 2. Everybody's there, say amen. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Keredith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook. I have directed the ravens to supply you food there. Say there. I have directed the ravens to supply, with, supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord told him. He went to the care of the ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravines, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Elijah, verse 7, sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the Lord came to him again, go at once to Seraphath, the region of Sidon, and stay there. Say, stay, 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 stay there. I'm stuttering this morning. I have directed a widow there, say there, to supply you with food. So he went to Seraphath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked her, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have something to drink? As she was going to get it, he called and said, bring me a piece of bread also. I love that story right there. That talks about God putting you right where you're supposed to be. Somebody hear me this morning. He told Elijah, go there. I'm going to get the ravens. They're going to bring you something to eat. You go to your spot. I'm going to provide for you. You stay in my will. I'll take care of you. How many people know it's important to stay in God's will? You just read that with me. I had you read that and announce that word there because staying there in your spot, being where you're supposed to, God's provision is there. God takes care of you right where you're supposed to be. When you're doing right, when you're living right, when you're listening to God and he says, go there, take, I'll take care of you. Man, we see in Elijah, we see in the word today that the Lord ordered Vic, the ravens to pick up the meat, pick up the bread, pick it up and bring it right to him. If he wasn't in his spot, I don't believe he'd been fed. 
If he wasn't where he was supposed to be, brothers and sisters, I don't believe he'd be fed. I don't believe he'd eat. I'm telling you that right now because there was a famine in the land. A famine had broke out. How many know we're in trouble in this world right now? I'm going to bring this to 2016 if you'll listen. Right now, we're in hard times. Right now, the oil business has crashed in the Houston area. A lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are in trouble. Brother, Brother Benny told me that they had 18,000 employees, and they're down to 80 employees. Staying in the will of God, he will provide for you in a famine. Somebody ought to praise him if he's ever provided for you in the hard times. In this story right here, in the hard times, the famine, the hard times hit, and God told Elijah to get to your spot, get to where you're supposed to be. If you get to your spot where you're supposed to be, I'll provide for you. In your spot, right where you're supposed to be, there's power, there's provision, and there's also purpose. When you're in your right spot, when you're, I know people all the time, listen to me, I know people all the time that, that don't see stuff coming out of nowhere. They go to work that day, and it's the last day they go to work. They go home, and it's the last day they come home to somebody. You know, out of the will of God, a lot of things happen. I got people in this church right now who have been serving God, who have been faithful, who give their time, their talent, and their treasures to the Lord. They give to the Lord. They give to the Lord. And God provides. God takes care of. If 30 people get laid. Look at Brother Benny. Look, 18,000 people got laid. 18,000 people working. And all of them got laid off but 80. He could have been one of them. But he's faithful. He's at the back door. He's working security. He's raising his family. He's there where he's supposed to be. I, I, I'm going to preach in just a minute. Just give me one minute. God's got a spot for you this morning. Can I say this to you? God created places before he created people. God created places. If you're taking notes, you can quote me. God created places before he created people. So God has a spot for each and every one of us. He's got a spot for Poncho, Nolan, uh, Miss Sarah. He's got a spot for Tony and Bobby. God's got a spot. You know that Elijah, if he'd have been anywhere else but he was supposed to be, I believe he'd have missed God's provision. He'd have missed God's blessings. He would have missed God's best for his life. I don't believe the ravens would have fed him anywhere else. I don't believe the widow woman would have been there to help him if he wouldn't have been in his spot. He had to get to his spot where God told him to be. Hallelujah. There's power being in your spot. There's power being in your spot. Not just physically or financially. Not just not just, gener uh, not just uh, what's that word I'm looking for, uh, uh, geographically, but spiritually. When you're in the right spot, when you know you're at where you're supposed to be, you know you're doing what you're supposed to be, you know you're trying your best to live for God, you know when you're doing your best, I'm going to tell you, something inside of you begins to grow. Something inside of you begins to feel good spiritually. Where you used to walk around sad all the time. Now there's joy in your heart. There's a smile on your face. I'm not talking about being in your spot financially or being in your spot uh, physically or, or geographically. I'm talking about spiritually also. You know it's important to go to church when the doors are open. In the 21st century, in this time that we're in right now, in 2016, where we're at, this moment right here, it's important for you to be in church every time the doors are open. 
Why, Brother Mark? Because the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion trying to jump on your family, jump on your kid, jump on your man. You can say, well, my man's a strong Christian. Yeah, but if he ain't in church every time the doors are open, he's going to miss his blessing. He won't be that strong when she comes calling. I speak English easy to understand. You got to get in. You got to get fed. You got to get plugged in. You got to get sold out. Being in your spot gets you sold out. Being in your spot gets you sold out. See, I'm not just a Christian. I'm sold out to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, the Christian word, that's a loose word. A lot of people say they're Christians. That's a loose word. It's not even mentioned but a few times. But I can tell you right now, being sold out, being in your spot, growing where you're supposed to be. I'm going to say this to you this morning. I'm so glad I'm in my spot. When you're in your spot, you find joy. Uh, you ought to hear me now. When you're in your spot, uh, Carl was telling me that he was, he was in San Antonio this weekend. His daughter had horse judging. His motorcycle broke down. He was mad at the hotel. He was a little frustrated, but he was in his spot. He was by his kids, by his wife, doing what he was supposed to. Out of nowhere, he met a complete stranger. They started talking about the Lord, started talking about heaven. The guy said that he had passed away, and he had seen what heaven looked like, which gives the rest of us and Carl a big hope that this is not our home. We're just trespassers. We're just trespassing. We're just passing through. Being in your spot, God will reveal things to you. When you're in your right spot, there's power there. Jesus told the disciples to go to the upper room and stay there. And he sent the Holy Spirit there. I'm going to say this to you. In this building, this building right here, stay in your spot. Don't let nobody get you out of your spot. Don't let no circumstances get you out of your spot. Don't let somebody keep you away from God. I hear it all the time. I don't go to church because there's hypocrites there. I tell them, come on, one more won't kill us. <laughs> you know, you know, there are no there are no perfect churches out there because there are no perfect people. And people make mistakes and people do things. Listen to me today. I'm telling you right now, the power of being in your spot. God's provision, God's power, God's anointing. God's going to trust those that are in their spot. God's going to elevate those that are in their spot. God's going to grow those that are in their spot. For a long time, I was out of my spot. But right now, I'm in my spot. And I'm going to fight the devil with everything i got to stay in my spot. You ought to have that kind of fortitude. That kind of toughness down in your soul said, come hell or high water, I'm staying in church. Come hell or high water, I'm going to drag my wife. I'm going to drag my kids. I'm going to drag them with me. They got to go. You want to be with me? We all go. Jesus told his disciples to get to the upper room and stay there, and he'd send the Holy Spirit to them. I, I want you to know this morning, children, that's where God wants you to stay in his in the house, in your spot, right here. I, I was thinking about that. A lot of people come to church, but they don't stay in church. A lot of people come to church, and God begins to work their life, and God begins to bless them, and they go right back to the bottle. 
They get a job. They get a truck. They get opportunity. All of a sudden, they think they created this. No, God saw you working it out. God trusted you. But then God tested you, and you failed the test, and now you're not there no more. That breaks my heart because a lot of times we invest three or four, five, six years into somebody. We invest time in people, but I'm not God. I can't play God. I can't force nobody to do nothing. I tell people all the time, if I had a magic wall, I'd wave it all over myself and get right. But a lot of times, a lot of times, people come to church when they're in trouble, and God fixes that trouble. But after a little while, they walk away from God. We see it all the time. I baptized over 4,000 people in nine years here. Where are they all at? We'd have to meet in the arena, and there wouldn't be enough room if all of them came at the same time. I don't know where they're at. I hope they're serving God somewhere, but I know where I'm at. If you've been here with me for a long time, you know where you're at. Praise God you're in your spot. I found this quote. I don't know who said it, but I thought it was awesome. I wanted to share it with you. It says, if we re remove ourselves from the light of the gospel... From our spot, if we remove ourselves from the light of the gospel, from our spot, our own light begins to dim. Not in a day, not in a week, but gradually over time until we look back and can't quite understand why we ever believed the gospel in the first place. That's true. That's true. I know people right now, I can call them by name, I think I will. I, I know people right now who used to go to this church, you saved, they were saved, they were born again, we baptized them, they were on fire for God, they were in leadership, they were helping, and all of a sudden the devil enticed them with some kind of trickery and schemery. You better watch out for his tricks and his schemes, brothers and sisters. I tell the women this all the time. If he's got a six-pack and he's got blue eyes and wavy blonde hair and he don't have a Bible, let him pass on. Let him go. If she built like a fine, all that, and I know some of y'all like him like this, some of y'all like him like this, some of y'all like you know, but if she don't have a relationship with God, let her pass on. Because he's a schemer. He's a tricker. He wants to put things in your past to pull you away. Young man in my church, his name was Corey. So on fire for God. So on fire for the word. So on fire for Jesus. Had his entire family coming. Got old enough to drive. Got a car. God blessed him. Next thing you know, we don't see him in youth. Next thing you know, we don't see him in Sunday morning, Sunday night. He was here every time the doors was open. He was so excited about his relationship. But the Lord the Lord gave him that car. And, 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 and when he got that car, his chest kind of stuck out a little bit. And he said, look at my new ride. It's bad. And then some girl looked at that car and said, ooh, I want to ride with you. And then his homie said, ooh, let me ride with you. Next thing you know, they started riding to the dope house. Next thing you know, they kept on riding to the dope house until this young man today is, is, is hooked on methamphetamines, painkillers. He's looking at his second felony. And just, just, just a few years ago, he was in his spot. He was in the right spot. I saw him one day at the gas pumps. He said, Pastor, pray for me. I said, man, when are you going to get back to church? He said, as soon as I get through with this court case, I got another felony. I believe if he'd have stayed in his body, he wouldn't have a felony. Come on, somebody. Another young man named Robert. Another young man named Robert. 
came along covered in tattoos, been, been in prison a lot of times, gave his heart to the Lord while he was in prison, covered with tattoos all over his body, all over his neck, all over his face. He had tattoos everywhere. We loved him and his tattoos. He became part of the family. He was working on our arena team. We loved him. Jesus loves him. It don't matter what you look like. It don't matter how you start your race. It's how you finish your race that counts. So here he comes, he's working, he's welding. We put that cattle guard in back there. I remember late at night, it was probably midnight when we got done with that cattle guard. We had dug it out. It, 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 it held its purpose for a long time. It needs to be re redone right now. But back then, I remember me and Robert, several other men, out there in the middle of the night putting that cattle guard in so people could come to his church, to their spot. Wanted to get them in here. We didn't have this access over here. That was the only way in. We wanted to make it nice for them. All of a sudden, uh, Robert got out there, started hanging with his old buddies, started hanging with the wrong crowd, started hanging with them old gangs that he used to run with. Next thing you know, I I'm in a courtroom, and they just sentenced Robert to 35 years to life. 35 years to life. If he'd have stayed in his spot, he'd be freed. Come on, somebody. If he'd have stayed in his spot where he was supposed to be, he'd be free. I can name three couples right now. Three couples right now. I won't name them. They got out of their spot. The devil got in it. And I say this to your wife. If you get out of your spot, the devil's going to get in it. Dad, if you get out of your spot, the devil's going to get in it. Jesus said, if you're staying in your spot, I'm going to bless you. We live in this generation, folks. I'm done. Listen to me. We live in this generation of people that will up and run. There's no staying power. The first little trial, the first little tribulation, the first little hard time, they forget what a powerful God we serve if we just stay in our spots, if we just stay where we're supposed to be. Somebody hear me this morning. How many know that right now there are more kids without dads? And it, what amazes me, because this is a new generation, it's just as many moms walking out of their kids today as it is dads. And it's a sad world we live in. This generation, people run. They up and go. They're out of here. They're not faithful. People are unfaithful. They're undependable. They're unpredictable. Jesus said, if you get in your spot, I'll send you the Holy Spirit power to save you. Jesus wants you and I to have power. He does. He said, no weapon formed against me will prosper. He gives you the Holy Spirit. He gives you power. He gives you some staying power. But you have to make a choice to grab hold of it. You got to make the choice. I can't make it for you. I wish I could. I wish I could go back and make it for, for them men today, for a lot of others. I just picked a few, but I could go on all day about the people who used to be here who are not here no more and the world's got them. Look around today. Everybody look around. Look around. Look around. Look around. That person that you're on the road with, they may not be here next year. They may not be here next week. I see all the time the people who act and look the strongest are usually the weakest. There's power in staying in your spot. Jesus wants you to have that power there so you'll be there for your family. How many people know it's important to be there for your family? 
If you don't have that power, Norman, if you don't have Jesus' power, the Holy Spirit power, that power that lets you stay with your family. Anybody ever fight? Don't raise your hand. I want to know about it. It's not counseling time. We did that last week. Families have troubles. But if you got Jesus, you can get through those troubles. Your kids need you to be there too. Hey, listen to me. Your kids need you to be there. They need you to be in your spot. They need you to support them. They need to know that they're priority one in your life. That, that you, you can look at them and say, you know what? Uh, Daddy's here. He's sober. He's clean. He's straight. He, he, he's right with Jesus. Daddy's here. You need to be there for your kids. You need to be there for your church. You need to be there for your preacher. You need to be there for the people who are looking up to you. Can I say this? Somebody's looking up to you. Somebody's watching you. Ellen, somebody's paying direct attention to you. Whether you think, well, I'm kind of quiet, Pastor Mark. I don't talk to a lot of people, Pastor Mark. Somebody sees you. Somebody's focused on you. Somebody's going to come to you before they come to Tabitha. Somebody's going to come to you before they come to Rachel. Somebody's going to come to you because they're watching you. We need to be in our spots right with the Lord because somebody is watching us. Jared, if you are not right with God, you need to get right with God today because people are watching you. And I'm not afraid to tell you or anybody else, get right with God today. Because we're setting an example for somebody. As a preacher, I'm setting an example for somebody. I'm crazy and high strung and funny and all that. But as I grow closer to God, there's some things I shouldn't do because people are watching me. I remember when I first got hired as the pastor of this church. We went to Denny's after, after a couple of weeks of being here. We went to Denny's one night. Church family came with us. I was driving an old Chevrolet three-quarter ton pickup. I got in that thing, and I said, I'll see y'all next Sunday, boy, and I busted two donuts right there. <laughs> Blue smoke and tires and everything took off. I remember one of my elders said, who did we just hire? <laughs> I realized that people's watching me. Now, I still bust donuts and do crazy stuff like that. But morally, ethically, honorably, your life has to line up with Jesus. You can be you, but your life needs to line up with Jesus. You can be you. God never made any of us the same. Thank God for that. I want to say this. After the resurrection, Jesus told his disciples to gather in the room and he would meet them there. In the Bible it says he appeared in the resurrected body. Listen to me. There are some moments in your life if you're not where you're supposed to be, when a blessing breaks out, you're going to miss it. Thinking about my own life this morning, thinking about my walk with Jesus Christ, being in the right spot. I'm so blessed I was where I was supposed to be because that's where I had an encounter with my Lord and Savior. If I wouldn't have been in church that Father's Day, where I was supposed to be, I wouldn't have gave my life to the Lord. Watch this. If I wasn't where I was supposed to be week in, week out, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every time the doors were open, revival meeting, I was in my spot. I was growing. God was growing. me. I didn't know that was all taking place, what he was going to do in my life, but I began to grow because I was in my spot. If I would have missed my spot, if I'd have missed one service, I, I, I would have missed God's best for my life. It's so important to be in your spot. You say, Brother Mark, but i got to work Monday. Everybody has to work Monday. 
Brother Mark, I, I, that's the only time I can rest is on Sunday. Everybody likes to rest. But where do you want to spend eternity? In this spot or that spot? Or there's another spot called hell. That the Bible says, that the Lord says, if your name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life, if your name hadn't been found in that spot, in that Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown into the lake of fire, cast down for eternity. So it's more important for you and I to get in our spot right now, get sold out to the Lord right now, this very moment, right now, and then stay there where you're supposed to be, in your spot. I don't mind people leaving churches if they're going to another church. I don't mind people that, 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 that this ain't for them because I know we're not for everybody. I got that. But I don't mind them doing that as long as they're going to a Bible-believing church. I used to tell people, I don't care where you go to church, but it's important that you go to a Bible-believing church where you feel the power of the Lord working. You know, I was thinking about that. I'm done. If I hadn't been in my spot week after week, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, listening to the message, I don't know where I'd be today. And in John 20, when Jesus appeared, he told the disciples to go to the upper room. Go to the place. I will be there. I'll meet you. Watch this. Pay attention. And go to John 20, 24. Hurry. Go there with me. Hurry. And in John 20, when Jesus appeared in his resurrected body, not everybody was there. And I'll tell you something. If he tells you to do something, you ought to do it. Shake your head like I'm meaning what I say and say what I mean. If Jesus tells you what to do, Miss Shipper, you ought to do it. If Jesus tells you what to do, you ought to do it. Jesus tells Mark Grimes what to do. I don't hesitate anymore. I just do it. Sometimes I don't like to do it, but my Lord is a pushy Lord. He pushes me this way, pushes me out of my comfort zone. And you know what? I'm going to say this. He also allows things to happen to get us to where we're supposed to be. If, if you got fired, if you, if you had trouble here, if you had trouble there, it's probably because you are not in your right spot. Get to the right spot where God has you, and you will find his provision. You will provide his peace. You will provide his joy. All of it will be taken care of when you get to the right spot. And in John 20, when Jesus appeared in his resurrected body, not everybody was there. Thomas was not where he was supposed to be. John 20, 24 says this, But Thomas, one of the twelve, was not there when Jesus came. That affected the rest of his life, folks. From that day forward, from that day forward, he was labeled Doubting Thomas. From that day forward, it affected the rest of his life. Everybody was where they were supposed to be except for Thomas. Where are you at this morning? In your heart. Are you where you're supposed to be? Have you asked God to fix your heart this morning? Are you where you're supposed to be? Are you serving him right? Are you a part-time Christian? I saw a guy one time. He said that he went to this church and the pastor told him, he said, Man, I don't see you all the time. He said, well, I'm here on, on, on I'm in the secret service. Said, what do you mean I'm in the secret service? He said, well, I, I slide in on Easter and I slide in at Christmas. You don't see me because I slide out. I'm in the secret service. When I die, and I will die, and guess what, folks? You will too. I want people in this world to know where I stood and who I stood for. 
My funeral won't be hard to preach, I pray. What about yours? Do you know today if you died, you'd go to heaven? Are you 100% sure today if you died, you're in your spot, you're right in your heart, you love God, you're trusting Him, you're serving Him, you're sold out? This is a service to get people sold out, committed to Christ. God blesses you on your job. God blesses you with your career. God blesses you with a great family, and you stay at home. You don't give. You don't help. Shame on you. Shame on you. I'm speaking English. Shame on you. Because my Lord and Savior does so much for us. I want to give him my all this morning. How about you this morning? You want to give him your all this morning? I was talking about that lake of fire. And if your name is not found in the Lamb's Book of Life, two big angels are going to pick you up and throw you into the lake of fire. My name's in there. Mark Anthony Grimes. 9-24-1971. I don't know when the expiration is. But as I'm in the dash, I'm going to be sold out. Are you sold out this morning? Thomas was labeled Doubting Thomas. Jesus showed back up and Thomas said, I didn't believe he was even here. I told you that quote a while ago about people who walk away from God a little at a time, a little at a time, a little at a time, until they forget that the whole gospel is really real. But one day they were so on fire. Don't lose that power by being out of your spot. Don't lose that provision by being out of your spot. Are you at where you're at today because you're not doing what you're supposed to? Then let's make things right with the Lord right now. As the music begins to play, would you play something on CD? Would you all stand with me today? Would you all bow your heads? We're going to use this as a makeshift altar. And every head bow and every eye closed. I want you to come to this altar today. If you know you're not where you're supposed to be, don't worry about what anybody else says. You get to this spot this morning. And we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for your family. Every head bow and every eye closed. God wants you to be in the right spot, brothers and sisters. There's too many absent fathers. There's too many absent mothers. There's too many absent Christians. Too many absent friends. You need to be there for your children. Come on up. If you want to hit this altar right now, you say, Brother Mark, I, I know that you were talking to me, that the Lord was talking to me this morning. Don't be embarrassed. Let's get right. I don't care what other people think of me. When they did that altar call, I ran down to that altar. I made things right with God. Are you there where you're supposed to be for your family? Dad? Mom? Come on down. Slip on out right now. If you're in the middle and you know that God is calling you to this altar, you can stand on it. You can get all around it. You can get where you need to be. I'm going to be praying for you. Come on down. Touch the stage. Whatever you got to do. Are you there for your Lord and Savior? You say, Brother Mark, I need to be better. Come right now. Don't wait. Don't wait for the next person. Be here for your church. If you hadn't been here for your church, but you've been here for years, come right now. Say, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm standing with you, Brother Mark. I'm standing with this church. I'm committing myself to this place, to where I know God is working. You've not been there for your kids. Drugs and alcohol has just uh, uh, twisted your life up, but you're free today. You're sober today. This may be your first day sober. Come right now. Let me pray for you. You're free. 
See, people don't like this kind of preaching because you like to do what you want. You can't do what you want when God lives inside of you. I can't do what I want anymore. God wants you in your spot. Come right now. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give you a minute. Come on. Come up here with these people. There's, there's a group of them that weren't afraid to come. Would you come down? Slip down right now. I feel in my spirit that there's supposed to be some more that are not moving but should be moving. Come right now. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Come right now. You know God's talking to you. God bless you, young lady. I just want to pray with you. God bless you, young man. Come on. We pray with you. Father, I pray for these that came forward today. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Thank you. Come on. Let me pray for you. I won't start till you get here. Everybody that's in agreement with me, start praying that they would come, that people would come so that they would be in the right spot. Pray with me in agreement. Come right now before I pray. Touch the stage. Touch, touch somebody's back. Put your hand forward. Let's pray. Come right now. Be in your spot. God bless you and you and you. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for these that come today. That they would just, in their heart, Father, release anything that is not of you. Whatever is troubling them, Lord, whatever they've been struggling with, Father, they struggle with it no more in Jesus' name. Father, I rebuke any addictions that are going on in their life. Any kind of responsibility that takes them away from you, Father, I ask that you would just break that burden today, Father. Father, I pray for these men and women and young people that come forward right now, that they would have a heart on fire for you and stay in their spot. I pray that this church body would have a heart for you, God, and stay in their spot where you provide, where you protect. Lord, I'm loving you today. Thank you, Jesus, for having your way with us. In the name of Jesus, those who have come forward, every chain, every yoke, every generational curse is broken today. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life, pray with me right now. Just say, Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. I know that I'm a sinner. You've got to say that. I know that I'm a sinner. Come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise this morning, amen. Would somebody put your hands together for those that came forward this morning. God is working it out on your behalf.